the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Oh. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hi Kids show. Thank you for choosing 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids, for Kids, by Kids. My name is Faria Katz and I'm your host for today. Coming up on Hi Kids today, I'm going to be interviewing Yali Freeman. She works at the Hebrew Kedusha. So just stay tuned to 101.9 Hi FM to find out more about the Hebrew Kedusha. Get ready. For a very exciting show on Chai Kids today. You're listening to Chai Kids on 101.9 Chai FM. This is Chai Kids, for Kids, by Kids. My name is Berea Katz and I'm 12 years old. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming. My so, pleasure. can you tell us in a nutshell, what is the Hebrew Kedusha? So the Hebra Kedusha is the largest welfare organization actually in the whole African continent. Um, overseas, it's quite interesting. When you say the Hebra Kedusha, it means only burial. Um, so obviously when people pass away, we need to bury them. But what's different in South Africa is that we have a huge umbrella of all different things. And so we have burial, of course, but we also have old age homes and special needs homes and mental health homes and a children's home and different services that we give to the community and that the social workers run. We have a bridal fund to help brides and newly married people um, get set up for their new lives together. So it's really a huge huge umbrella of help um, for anyone in the community who needs assistance. we kind of there for everybody. Well, that's quite a big thing to have like the biggest organization in the whole of South Africa. That yes, is. it's a big job. I'm sure. <laughs> you must have a lot of people helping out and working there. Yeah, I think just in Sandringham Gardens, I think we have, I, I think it's just over 600 people working there and that's just Sandringham Gardens. So, wow. Yeah, a, that, lot, a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. So what is your position in the Khev? So at the Khev, um, I'm part of what's called the programming team, and they are the team that are responsible for running the day-to-day activities for all our different facilities. And my specific job is that I run the activities and programming for all our aged homes. So that's Sandringham Gardens, our parents' home, and Golden Acres. And can you tell us what is what is um, the Arcadia? What is Arcadia? Sorry, Arcadia is our children's home. Um, it's kind of split into two different sections. The one section is children who live there full time. They are not safe to be with their families or their guardian. It's not safe for them to be there. And so they are removed and live in Arcadia full time. They sleep there, have their meals there, um, all that kind of thing. The other section is a day care center where children are safe to be with their families, but maybe their families are struggling a little bit to look after them in the afternoons and um, it's a lot of pressure for them. So the children w- will come to Arcadia, they get help with their homework, um, they have people to look after them during the day and then they'll only go home a little bit later where their parents can manage to sort of do bedtime and bath time. It takes the pressure off the family. Um, but again, they are safe to go home um, we just there to sort of help the families while they working out what they go to work out to be good parents so do you remove people from ho- from their their homes to be brought to Arcadia or do families ask you to take in their children so to be honest this is more what the social workers do I'm not so so involved um, but I think for the most part families 
are known to the Khev because we're already generally helping them, the social workers are helping them, and if it gets to a stage where the social workers feel like it's not safe for those children to be in those homes, then um, the proper procedures are done to put those children into a safe environment. Um, But I'm not the best person to speak about this um, because I'm not a social worker and I don't deal directly with the children who, who are being removed and coming to live at Arcadia. But do you know how many children there are? In Arcadia? Um, in our day program, we're around 60 children in the afternoons, a full time around 20. Um, my numbers are probably a little bit off, but it's around, around those numbers. I think a lot of parents work in the afternoons, so it's probably a big help to send their children somewhere. Yeah. That they absolutely. can be look up, looked after. Yeah, like and by they also proper get supervision. Exactly. And they get to do homework and have all the support that they need. So would you give them lunch there? I'm not sure, actually. I think I think so, but I don't know. I'm not involved enough to know. <laughs> and you, you said you said you involved a lot with the old age homes. Yes. So what what are the old age homes that you have at the Chev? So at the Chev, we've got Sandringham Gardens, which is in Sandringham slash Glen Hazel area. Um, we have around 450 residents who live there. Then we have Sandringham, oh, then we have our parents' home, which is in Norwood. Uh, we have about 130 people who live there. And then we have Golden Acres, which is an independent living place. So, um, Sandringham Gardens and our parents' home, the residents get their meals there, their entertainment, their whole life is kind of set up for them. Whereas Golden Acres, a lot of the people who live there still cook for themselves, still drive, still go out. So their program is a lot less busy because they are going out already and doing what they have to do. So when we come in and do a program, it might be one thing in the morning, one thing in the afternoon. Whereas our parents' home in Sandringham Gardens, we've got things on the go from morning till late afternoon. So I can see the difference between Golden Acres and our parents' home and Sandringham Gardens. What's the difference between Sandringham Gardens and our parents' home? It seems like pretty much the same thing. Yeah, they are very similar. Um, I think back in the day they used to be their own places, but then the Chev came as this big umbrella and brought them both underneath. So for the most part they are pretty similar in the way that the people live. Um, They're just, I suppose, different campuses. Also what's interesting is that our parents' home have a little other home on the same campus that's called the Sunshine Circle and that's for people with Alzheimer's and dementia. It's a safe place for them to live and get their care. Sandringham Gardens also has a dementia um, area but it's just it's one small ward whereas Sunshine Circle is kind of its own home. So do you organize activities for all of these homes? Yeah, so every month I plan the activities of what's going on Um, So it could be anything from Yiddish groups to current affairs groups, art, um, what else do we have? Knitting groups, TED Talks, documentaries, scrapbooking, beading, all that kind of thing. And then added to that, we get guest speakers every month uh, to both places, uh, both our parents' home and Sandringham Gardens. We often go on outings to different places, and we also get schools um, who either come in and entertain our residents or do something with them in the home or invite our residents to come to their school for for an activity or special occasion. How many people in these homes are actually, like, healthy? Um, I'm saying, are there, are there people with 
sicknesses or diabetes or things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, both places. The truth is that Sandringham Gardens is actually classified as um, sort of a long-term care home. So most people living at Sandringham Gardens are quite frail. They have a walker or a hearing aid or they've lost their eyesight or they have any kind of, of um, something related to ageing. Our parents' home, of course, have the same, um, but because it's smaller, obviously the numbers are less. Our parents' home have fewer people. Um, but, but yeah, I'd say for the most part, most people living there have some kind, some kind of ailment, be it walking with a walker or hearing aid or they can't see anymore. Um, and that's why Sandringham and our parents' home are so lovely because it's safe environments that they keeping busy and have people looking after them all the time and um, without siblings and, and children needing to worry about them being at home alone. And can you just visit these homes like on the spare of the moment? So or do you have to pre organise it? It really depends. If you're just coming in because there's certain people that you know and you love to visit them, you absolutely can come in and visit. A lot of people pop in on Shabbos, which is really special. But if you want to do something specific, like if your class wants to come visit once a week or you want to do something in honour of your bat mitzvah or you need specific hours for school um, that need to be chesed hours, those kinds of things need to be organized in advance um, because I think sometimes people forget that we've got a busy program and lots going on, and when you just arrive and say, hi, I want to help, it's actually quite stressful for us because we all of a sudden need to scramble and find somewhere and something for you to do. Whereas if you tell us in advance, these are the days I want to come, these are the hours that I can do, then we can work with you to work with our program and fit you into already happening things or make a good time for you to come and run your own initiative. So, yeah, if you just want to visit randomly and pop in, Anytime our residents love visitors, it's always nice to see new faces and new friendly faces. But if it needs to be something more um, formal, then it does need to be arranged in advance. And you, you mentioned the Sunshine Circle before. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Sure. So the Sunshine Circle is our home for people with dementia and Alzheimer's. So these are people who um, are slowly losing their memory. They're not always sure what day it is. Um, where they are, what is going on. And it can be very dangerous if they're just out and about. They get very confused. They can get lost, and they're not really sure what's going on. So the Sunshine Circle is a lovely home that's built in a circle, so you can't get lost. It's got a lovely uh, garden in the middle, and we run lovely activities there for those people. What's also special about it is that the programs that I run at the the old-aged homes are specific to people who still have a memory and are able to do art and to do beading and all that kind of thing, whereas people at Sunshine Circle aren't able to do those things because their mind won't let them do it anymore. Um, they don't have the skills that they used to have. So we have a girl on our team. Her name is Gabby Medali, and Gabby runs programs at Sunshine Circle as well as in the wards at Sandringham Gardens because in the wards, people are in bed all day. They don't get out, they're very frail, and they can't participate in my regular program. So Gabby makes sure 
that there are special programs for people in the wards and in the dementia units and at Sunshine Circle. Um, she makes sure that all the activities happening there are appropriate for what they are able to do, um, but also entertaining and stimulating. So she does wonderful things, for example. Um, some, if you can't get out of bed all day, um, there's... What what are you going to do? So Gabby will go in and she'll take different smells, mint and lavender and all different things, and she'll bring it to your nose and say, Bruria, smell this. What do you smell? What does this remind you of? So it helps them with memory, and it's also a nice thing to do because you're lying in your bed. You don't need to use your hand. You don't need to be able to see. You can just smell. Um, she'll also do really fun things um, like print big pictures of famous people and go to everybody in that ward and say, who can tell me who this is? And then, you know, if they get it right, they'll get a small prize just to keep their their memory active and to get them thinking. So she does some things that are trying to use the brain, some things that are smelling and sensory. Um, she gets some volunteers to come in and, and rub people's hands with cream just so that they can feel someone touching them and they can feel that someone's giving them some care because, of course, our staff are there all the time, but they do very – the care workers do very – um, care-based work. So they will change the residents or move them into their wheelchair or feed them, but they're not going to plait their hair and hold their hand. And so we have volunteers who will come in and do those kinds of things. So with Sunshine and the Wards, Gabby really tries to do things that are manageable for them. Um, in fact, just this week, it was yesterday actually, she did... Um, a talent show where the staff and the care workers did talent shows for the residents in those wards. It was so cute. There was lots of music happening, lots of cheering. And it's nice also, you know, our residents see these people day in and day out. It's always in a very formal way when they're seeing their care workers and the nurses. And for our residents to be able to see the nurses singing or dancing or doing something silly just makes that relationship a lot more fun and just special. So there was a lot of hype going on yesterday. So yeah, with Sunshine and, and the wards, she's doing really incredible things because they can't join the regular program and they certainly shouldn't be stuck in their beds doing nothing. So that's kind of the gap that Gabby's come to fill and she's doing a great job. Wow. That sounds amazing. When you said like, think of activities for people in their beds. I was like, it's kind of hard, you know, mm -hmm. but she sounds like she's doing amazing, amazing things. Yeah. She also, really what you said about the Sunshine Circle, that's, that it's built in a circle, that, that they don't get lost. It's, yeah. it's so clever because they can just walk around and eventually find their room. Exactly. They will eventually find it or someone will notice that they lost. <laughs> so one of the two. It's really sweet. They did a, 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 they do often like little parties outside in the garden, a fruit party they had recently. And it's just, it is, it's a lovely place. And, also, the matrons that work there and the nurses that are there are so caring and so compassionate, and they all jump on board. Whenever we run an activity there, the nurses and those care workers are so keen to get involved and help because it makes their day fun also. If there's nothing going on, our residents are obviously bored, but the care workers are also because once they've done their job, brushed the residents' teeth or hair or changed them or giving them breakfast – what are they going to do? They're just going to sit around. So when we come in with fun stuff, of course, it's fun for the staff also, and it just brings such a vibe to, to the home. And you said that they, it can be dangerous for them to go out. So are they allowed to go out of the Sunshine Circle? 
Um, they are allowed to go out. My Boba lived there, and sometimes my dad would fetch her, and she'd come to us on Sunday for a bra or something like that. But the truth is that the worse the dementia or the Alzheimer's gets, um, they get very, very nervous when they're taken out of a familiar environment, and they actually get very scared, um, and they, their behavior can become really bad because they're nervous and they don't know what's going on. So it depends on each family. We don't do outings with the Sunshine Circle um, and with our dementia ward. Sometimes we'll take them to our parents' home or bring them downstairs in Sandringham Gardens if we have people performing or doing if we're doing something nice. Um, I do an exercise class that's seated every Friday, and the Alzheimer's ward from Sandringham Gardens every Friday come down for that class. So they do get out of their wards, but big outings, like they'd never go shopping at Norwood Mall or we wouldn't take them to the ballet because it's just they won't really understand where they are and it just could bring about bad behavior because they get nervous. So going out, out, not really, unless it's to their family. So they can't, they definitely can't go out of the Sunshine Circle alone? No, no. And it's it's also locked. You have to use a code or your fingerprint to get in and out. And it's I mean it's not you know it's for their safety. It's not because we're trying to keep them caged up. It's just it's for them to be safe and looked after. That's where they need to be. So this sounds really interesting, and I um, and we can hopefully we will carry on talking after the song. But right now we're gonna have a quick break. You're listening to Hi Kids on one hundred one point nine High FM. This is Ha Kids, Four Kids, Bar Kids. My name is Bruger Katz and I am 12 years old. So let's carry on with the questions. Um, so we, we were talking about the old age homes before. Yes. And um, it sounds like you really do a wonderful job there. Um, but can you, can you tell us what the programming department, the new programming department is sure. that you're running? So basically... How it used to work was that Sandringham Gardens had their own what we call lifestyle. So all the fun stuff and activities and outings and stuff. And then our parents' home had their own one. And um, Selwyn Siegel had their own one. And the Lodge and Square had their own one. And what's happened in the last year with all the changes at the Chiv is that they've tried to make a central place where there's one team that does the program for all the different homes. Um, so that's what the programming team is. Um, the manager of the whole programming team her name is Tracy Mayhew, so she's my boss. Um, and then she has kind of divided us into different sections. So Naomi Shower um, runs all the programming for disabilities. So she does Selwyn Siegel and um, the Lodge and Square. Then we have me who does the old aged homes. We have Gabby who does the dementia and the wards. And then we also have a girl, Mika Ambrose, who um, doesn't run a program per se, but she looks after a program that's called the World of Workers. Um, and we also have uh, two workshops where people with disabilities work in these workshops and she makes sure that the workshops are doing what they have to do. Um, so Tracy kind of manages us and that's what the programming team at the Chev now is. So we look after everybody instead of each home having their own person in charge we now kind of oversee everything wow that sounds like a really awesome thing to join everyone together yeah. you you said something about Sound Siegel can you tell us what that is 
Sure. Samhain Siegel is a home for people with disabilities. Some people have emotional disabilities. Some people have a physical disability. Um, it's really people um, who have any kind of disability. It's a really wonderful home. Most people there live there all the time, and we have about 23 who are just day visitors who come in in the day. And it is a wonderful home full of incredibly caring people who look after them all the time. So some people are in wheelchairs or with walkers or um, can't talk. They just make a noise or they maybe walk a little bit funny and they they just not like us. Um, so they need their own environment where they can be happy and be busy. Um, so what Naomi does there is much like Sandringham Gardens and our parents' home, there is a day program happening every day of different activities. What's really nice about Selwyn Siegel is that there's a theme every week that changes. So sometimes it will be transport or it will be colors, whatever it is. And then all the different groups that happen in that week will be around that topic. So for example, if they're doing baking, they'll do baking and ice things different colors, if the theme is colors. If they're doing a walking group, they're going to look around and say, who can see green? Who can see red? Talking more about the colors. Um, if we do an exercise class, the songs that we choose are going to have to do with colors. So we really will push that theme the whole week. And then the next week it will change to a different theme. Um, also at Selwyn Siegel, people are on different levels. Some people can understand and get involved, and some people are kind of in between, and some people can't do anything. They can just sort of lie down. So Naomi has split everybody into different groups. Each group has their own person in charge. They're called a group facilitator, and Naomi custom makes all the all the groups to what that level is. So, for example, if it's a very high-functioning group and they can do a lot of stuff, they might do the baking. But a lower-functioning group might just get the baking stuff and decorate it. So it really depends how much they are able to do. Um, and if we see someone in a lower group is doing really well, of course we'll push them up to a higher group. Um, but it's just kind of to make sure that everyone's doing activities that are to their level that they can manage and that they can enjoy. So you said some people are so low-functioning, all they can do is lie down. So how can you make activities for those people? So it is super tricky, and Gabby actually works a lot with, even though it's Owen Siegel, for people who are really, really low-functioning. She'll work with them. Sometimes, um, if we're coloring, even, um, say, for example, we're doing shapes. We can put a round ball in someone's hand and let them feel round. And then we can put a triangle in their hand and let them feel what a triangle is or we can draw it on their with our finger on their palm so there are ways to make things super duper easy um, and to try get them get them involved even if we have to put the crayon in their hand and help them move their hand on the page just so that their body feels what it feels like to draw and see the color on the page that for them is being busy and their mind is thinking I can feel that my body is doing something different I'm not used to that so even though it's something really simple for us for them it's really keeping their brain busy and engaged and encouraging them to to try and engage a little bit more it's really amazing the chefs 
uh, motto or whatever is no Jew gets left behind. Exactly. And as I'm talking to you, I can really see that no Jew gets left behind. That's it. I mean, from when you're a child till you get buried, there's really support and care your whole life, wherever you might be, if you need the chev, that's it. From cradle to grave, they always say, and that's, it really is true. You also said something about the lodge and square. Yes, so the lodge and square are mental health homes. So for those listeners who are not sure what mental health is, um, there are, there are sometimes um, illnesses that you can't see. So for example, if you have a broken leg or you have a hearing aid, somebody can see that and then they'll understand, oh, this person can't hear me so well or this person needs to sit down, they can't stand in the line, they've broken their leg. When it comes to mental illness, it's all in a person's head and so sometimes from the outside you can't tell that something's wrong. So these people could suffer from anything like depression and for those who don't know what depression is, it's a feeling of being very, very sad and even though we all get sad sometimes and we all feel down, these people, the chemicals in their minds are making them sad all the time and they can't put on music and dance around their room until they feel better they just feel sad and low all the time Um, and there is medication for it um, but it can be incredibly difficult to live with so things like depression um, there's something called schizophrenia where you are hearing voices and you're not sure what's real and what's not real people who suffer with addiction maybe they always need to eat all the time. Whenever something happens, they they need to eat. It's not a normal thing. It's not that they're eating when they're hungry. Their body is always making them eat. It could be with alcohol. It could be with drugs. Um, So most people who are living in the lodge and square are dealing with some kind of mental health issue. Those who are kind of under control, um, their medication is doing its job and they and they pretty much doing well. We have a wonderful program called World of Work where people who are suffering with these kinds of things and couldn't work in a regular environment but are able to do some kind of work, we find jobs for them within the Chev. Um, We have people who work in filing and admin and um, on the phones, a lot of people who assist us um, throughout the day um, but for those people who aren't able to get up and go to a job like that because their bodies are just making them feel like they can't do anything and they're just too tired and they're just not up to it we have a program like we have at Sandringham Gardens and our parents home where it's during the day and there's karaoke and beading and art and all that kind of thing and we have a facilitator there encouraging people to come to the groups to leave their rooms to come down and to get involved um, Naomi runs that program as well and it's it's really a very important it's very hard because most people who are on that program aren't motivated to get up to get dressed to live the day um, and you really need to encourage them and be kind towards them and and tell them how good it will be and how nice they'll feel when they get involved and that program is growing really beautifully um, and and people are those that are involved in it are really enjoying it. Is it often that they that people are depressed and there's like they, there's like no cure for it? The the medicine is completely not working. Yeah, 
Yeah, it is. It's a terrible, horrible disease, and I think people who don't see it as a disease get really frustrated with a family member or friend who is suffering from it because they think, well, you know, I'm also sad sometimes, but I need to get on with my life and I need to go to work or I need to do my lift schemes. Why can't you just pull it together? And the thing is, we would never say to someone with a broken leg, well, why can't you just stand in line at pick and pay? Why can't you just, you know, of course they can't. Their leg's broken. We totally understand. But when it comes to something mental health where you can't see and the person looks fine, we get very frustrated. So it's certainly very, very hard on the families. And yes, sometimes, you know, they're taking medication and they going to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but they just, this is what Hashem has given them. This is their life. And, and as I say, you just need to be supportive and encouraging. And it's hard. It's really, it's really, really hard. So is the larger and square like a permanent living place? Or people just come there for programs and live their normal lives? So we have both. We have people who live there all the time because there are nurses that know how to deal with their different issues, make sure that they're taking their medication. It's a safe place for them to be. Um, we have some people who live in the community, live with their families, live with their children, but come in every day for the programs and the different outings that we're doing and the guest speakers. So we have both people who live there all the time and people who come in and get involved with the program. And with the people who have like an addiction to food or alcohol or drugs, do you take that away from them? Or do you still like almost let them be addicted? So with drugs, uh, people usually have to go to an outside rehabilitation center to get them off the drugs. And then they'll come to the Chev, um, to the Lodge and Square, where we'll make sure that they you know, staying off those things, getting the treatment that they need, speaking to who they need to do. Um, we obviously it's, it's a home for adults. So they are allowed to smoke if they want. Um, they live their lives, but things like, um, alcohol and drugs are absolutely not allowed, but you wouldn't come there while you're still addicted. You would first go to somewhere where you'd be taken off them and once you're off and doing okay then you'd you'd come to us wow it sounds like a a really crazy awesome program yeah it is it is it's it's very tough it's a wonderful program and it's very needed but it is very tough because the people that you're dealing with can be very difficult can be very rude can be yeah just not your regular people and to be able to come in every day with a smile and run the program as you need to takes a lot of hard work and dedication but the team that are there are outstanding i don't think there's you could find a better team they are super understanding very encouraging and just do a wonderful job with with all those people and do the people who work at the Chev have have qualifications as doctors or nurses or absolutely throughout the chev we have occupational therapists doctors psychologists psychiatrists um nurses everything you can imagine um as well as people who maybe don't um but but are are involved in in some way so we have yeah absolutely all kinds of professionals and non-professionals working together and is the Lodge and Square a place where you could go and visit or not really? Yes, absolutely. 
Um, we've had some really lovely visits. Um, we had some girls from Yeshiva College earlier this year come on Tubishvat to plant a tree with everybody. Last year we had some young kids from one of the nursery schools. Um, I think it was Yeshiva College. They came to hand out um, Mishlach Manot on Purim and sing some Purim songs. It was so super cute. Um, so absolutely, it's definitely a place to come visit, but it's definitely one of those places where you need to call in advance. We need to make a plan, know that you're coming. Um, and then and then take it from there. But absolutely, everybody loves visitors. I'm sure it's very <laughs> nice to see new faces and new people. Exactly, you got it. And how can people get help from the Chev? Wow, um, we have a website with all the different things that um, the Chev offers. Um, we have yeah, the phone number is there for anyone who needs it. It's really very, very accessible. Um, so I would say anyone who's trying to get in touch and look at all the different offerings that we have to definitely check out um, our website and then take it from there. And I'm sure on that website you could also offer to help. Yes, definitely. I think there's a volunteers button um, where you can kind of write in your name and age and what you're looking to do. Um, but I'm also happy maybe even later to give you uh, my email address at the office. And if you are keen on volunteering in one of our programs, you can contact me um, and can try and make it happen. Cool. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on the show. I That's really, really learned a lot about the Chev. And it's, it's such awesome work that you do. So thank keep you. going. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. It was lovely to be here. Thank you so much to my guest for Yali Freeman for coming on the show. I really enjoy learning about more about more about the work that the Chevra Kadisha does, and I think it's an awesome, awesome organization. And thank you to my producer Mandy and Craig for pushing the big the big red buttons. Join us tomorrow for another Chai Kids show, only on one hundred one point nine Chai FM. This has been Chai Kids for Kids.